the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall not accept adversity? What a profound statement he makes. Listen, you ought to live by that verse and you ought, we, that's the verse you ought to put to heart. That is, listen, that will help you in life's journey. What a question he poses to foolish Mrs. Job. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall not accept adversity? Shall we accept the rain and not the storms? Huh? Shall we always accept joy and not sadness? In all these, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Ask your question. How's your lips when trouble comes? coming out your mouth is it is it kingdom good or is it no good is it of God or is it of the devil is it from the enemy or is it in the power of the Holy Spirit so all I'm saying to you is that you had better be careful what you say with your mouth and not sin with your lips number three What to do when trials come my way? Refuse to allow your heart to become paralyzed by fear. Refuse to allow your heart to become paralyzed by fear. John 14, 27 is a wonderful uh, verse we can reference now. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace. That's right. He didn't say government peace. He didn't say peace from counselors and psychologists. He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Listen, if you keep your eyes on all the stuff that's going around, you can lose your peace. And I want to tell you something. One cannot have peace living in bad news. And that's the problem. Y'all reading all this stuff that can't give you peace. You reading all these books that have that, 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 that these books that have no eternal significance and wonder why you don't have peace. He says, you know, in other words, one cannot have peace living in bad news. Therefore, guard against overexposure to bad news, overexposure to the media. Once you've seen the news, 
then move on and start feeding on good news, which is the word of God. If, if, if many of y'all read the good news from the Bible uh, as much as you read the bad news, you'd be in pretty good shape by now. For Second Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If, uh, fear makes you unstable. You don't, you're not sound in your mind. You're not sound in your thinking. You're wishy-washy. The reason God instructs us not to fear is because it brings on worry. Fear brings on insomnia, the inability to sleep. It brings on sickness in your body. It brings on depression. It causes us to become reactionary. It causes us to be agitated and hard to get along with and downright angry with God and others who, whom we love. And God says, for that reason, don't you fear. My job as your under shepherd is to keep your focus straight so that you won't lose heart. There's a lot of things going on in this world. There's a lot of things going on in this city. There's a lot of things going on in this nation from the White House all the way down. And if you allow yourself to get caught up in politics and caught up in CNN and caught up in Fox and caught up in CNBC and ABC and DDD and QPT, you will begin to tremble in your very shoes. Number four, it doesn't matter how bad things get. Have y'all had, have y'all, any of y'all had bad times, troubling times? Doesn't matter how bad things get, don't refuse to, re, listen, refuse to stop living, stay the course, and press on. You know how bad things get? Uh, uh, don't, don't stop living. Refuse to stop living. Life goes on. Even in our losses, life goes on. Even when things go well, life goes on. Don't stop living. Don't stop living. Say don't. Stop living. Stay the course and press on. That's right. Listen, what we want to do, first thing they do when they start going through things, oh, I'm going to stay home. This happened to me. Uh, where is God? God has always ways been. He's on the throne. <laughs> Amen. God's not lost. You just lost your perspective. I got to find God. You don't have to find God. God's always where he's always been. That's right. You need to rediscover your perspective. That's right. You lost. He's not lost. He's, God doesn't need a compass. Oh, God help me preach this message. It doesn't matter how bad things get. Refuse. Listen, don't refuse to, 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 to stop living. Refuse to stop living. Stay the course and press on. Philippians 3, 14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Press toward the goal. Press on. You don't stay home because you're mad. You don't stay home because you don't understand. You don't stay home because of betrayal. You don't stay home because you've been divorced. You don't stay home because uh, you flunked the course. You don't stay home because of your pride. You need the body of Christ and Satan's going to do everything he can to disconnect you so he can wipe you out. He loves it when you decide not to stay connected with the church because you are primed so much then for him to put the fatal blow into your life. He said, I got you. That's right. Stay away. Stay away. Don't go. Don't go. You're not going to hear nothing. And you just believe that lie. Stay home and get wiped out. 
Number five, we must realize the Lord doesn't abandon us when we need him most. He doesn't abandon us when we need him most. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. Deuteronomy 31 8 says, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be afraid. The Lord is with you. It's only when you forget that the Lord is with you that you begin to tremble in your shoes. Realize the Lord will not leave you nor forsake you. He's an ever-present help in the time of storm. Number six, listen, we will not be so consumed with our own personal crises if we begin to serve others. You're not, your crises, your trials, your tribulations, your hurts, your fears will not overtake you when you began to serve others. You know those disasters around those tornadoes? There were, there were folk whose houses were torn down, torn down or blown away, but when they found out their family was all right, you know what they did? They tried to find others who were under rubble and tried to dig other people out, even though they themselves had nowhere to live. Had nowhere to live. Galatians 5, 13b says, but through love serve one another. You never stop serving. Jesus, when Jesus was born in trouble, lived in trouble, died in trouble, and yet he's the supreme example of servanthood. Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. It's not about you. Serving others in the midst of your own crises will be therapeutic to you. Be therapeutic to you. Serving others will help your own frame of mind. You know what? When you serve others in the midst of your crisis, it gives you a sense of purpose. It, 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 that, that's big. You got, it, it's therapeutic. In other words, you're not consumed by your own crises. You, uh, you, 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 you're not consumed. You have a right frame of mind and a sense of purpose when trouble comes. And people begin to wonder, why are you standing and why are you serving? Look at yourself and how messed up you are, and yet you're helping others. And then it becomes a time of testifying as to who God is to you and what he has done by faith. Number seven, when going through adversity, always leave room for the sovereignty of God. When going through adversity... Always leave room for the sovereignty of God. We will not be able to fully grasp how God let how God lets one live and miraculously survive a horrific tragedy while another is snatched away in death when those tornadoes struck. It amazing. One can live miraculously and another is taken away in death. You say, how is that? Why is that? Can you explain that? I can't. If I could, I would be God. I cannot. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, 
God will order our steps when we depend on Him and Him alone to uniquely perform His good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. There are mysteries in the kingdom that we won't fully understand until we get to glory, until we get to heaven. Two great illustrations to substantiate this principle, this principle are found with the apostles James and Peter. Two great illustrations. If you have a Bible, turn to Acts 12, 1 through 8 and verses 10 through 11. Great examples of this, of the sovereignty of God can be seen in Acts 12, 1 through 8 and then verses 10 through 11. James is killed while Peter is supernaturally delivered. I don't understand that. Why did he not deliver both James and Peter? But he lets one be killed by Herod and let another live. Look, look at the text. Acts 12, 1 through 8. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed, look, then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. To do what to him? Kill him. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Let me tell you something. You can't make anything so secure that God can't deliver. Look at verse five. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer was made by the church for Peter. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was what? Sleeping. Underline that. Underline that. Underline it. Peter was what? This man is, he's in stocks and handcuffed and all these things. Drooling all in the lip. He don't, we don't see him with insomnia. We don't see him taking one medicine after another medicine, raiding the medicine cabinet. We don't see him doing, uh, we, he don't have the shakes. He's not doing all that. <laughs> Just to sleep. I mean, I believe he was in the third sleep. You know, a sign that you know how to trust God is that you can sleep in trouble. You can sleep in trouble. You, you're so sleeping. The alarm, the alarm clock can't wake you up. Says Peter was sleep. Ha. Huh. Sleep. Rock a bye, baby. He was sleep. Bound with two chains between two soldiers. Look at that. Between two chains. With, with two chains between two soldiers, they said, well, you, are we not going to let you get away? We heard too much about you and all these miracles and stuff going on here. We're going to put the soldiers around you. We're going to put, we're going to chain them to you and we're going to make good, doggone good and sure you ain't getting away from us. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Folk in, in a prison, out of prison, cuffed to the people. The man, they said, we got you now, Peter. Uh oh, verse seven. Now behold, you gotta watch those beholds. An angel of the Lord stood by, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. Arise, Peter, 
and his chains fell off his hands. Again, didn't need a key. Drop. Then the angel said to him, gird up, gird yourself, town your saddle, put your shoes on. You know, and he did so. You know what? Listen. It is when you obey God, obeying God gets you out of trouble. He was obeying God. And he look, and so he did, and he said to him, Put your clothes on and follow me. When they arrived, verse 10, when they arrived, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. Here they are, Peter walking, and the gates don't have to touch the gate. It's just quietly. Wasn't no, didn't need no A1 oil. And they go right on through. Wow. And immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Let me tell you something. In times of crisis, God knows how to deliver you. I don't care how you are hemmed in. God knows how to give you a breakthrough. That's right. He got God gave him a breakthrough. And all those man-made blockades and blockages and hindrances, God just busted right on open quietly. And those, I believe God just put all the rest of them to sleep. And, and when they came to them, and you know what? When you let soldiers go, the penalty is your own life. It was a miraculous deliverance. Wow. That's, so now look, James is killed and Peter is supernaturally delivered. Why is that? I don't know. It's just that who can really know the mind of God? And we have to leave room for the sovereignty of God. And that there are mysteries in the kingdom we don't understand. And that's where your faith has to kick in. Number eight, allow the Lord to teach us invaluable lessons when, through the storms of life. Allow the Lord to teach us invaluable lessons through the storms of life. Listen, all of our lessons do not have to be hard learned. Huh? No, no. Allow the Lord to teach you invaluable lessons. God is sending you through that because he wants to teach you something in the midst thereof. We can save ourselves a whole lot of trouble and learn from others who rebelled and received divine chastening. Do you not know, my friends, that life is too fragile, the days are too evil, our nation and our lives are inundated with too many turbulent events, and death is too close for us not to learn the lessons from others who experience judgment from God. Listen, if you just look, if you look at the scripture and you look at what others have gone through because of their sin and because of their, their wickedness, that ought to teach you some lessons. All your lessons... Should, you, you should not have to gain experience, personal experience of, of, uh, uh, to, get, to get through life. You ought to be able to learn through some of the experiences of others. Ah. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. All your lessons don't have to be hard learned. You can look at the pages of Scripture and see, and see what others have suffered through 
You can see what folk in your life, your old homeboys, your homegirls, people in your past. You know, you've gone back and you see them. They all beat up and you you the same age. You looking fresh and, and invigorated and alive. And they look half dead like they next door to the grave. You just beat up. You shouldn't have to be beat up to learn every lesson. You ought to be able to learn from somebody else's beat ups. First Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 through 11. Y'all hanging with me? Oh, help me preach. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the clouds, all passed through the sea, referencing Israel, all were baptized into Moses in the clouds and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food. That's the bread from heaven. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Jesus, Jesus Christ. Verse five. Now, look, but with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things became underline this our examples. In other words, we ought to learn from their rebellion to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse seven, and do not become idolaters, that's idol worshipers, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse eight, and let us come and, and let us commit sexual immorality. Nor, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Says, nor let us commit sexual immorality as sleeping around with folk you're not married to. Huh? Storing stuff in other folk beds. In, in, in the backseat of cars. In hotels. Out of town on so-called business trips. Yeah, you taking care of business all right. And look, look, look what happened when they did this foolishness. And in one day, 23,000 failed. That's a whole lot of folk. That's more than a whole city. 23,000 failed. Look, verse 9. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Verse 10, nor what? Murmur. You know what murmur is? Murmur is complain. It's dangerous to complain against God, his church. It's dangerous to be un, unthankful. As some of them also complain. Look what they, look. Compl- now y'all say, well, I don't steal. I don't kill. I don't steal hams out of H-E-B and I don't gamble and I don't drink. But do you complain? You complain. You complain to your husband. You complain to your wife. You complain. Children complain to the parents. I don't want this. I don't want to eat this. I don't want to wear this. Shut up. Shut up. Just shut up. Nor complain as some of them also complain. Too hot in here. Too cold. Service too long. Why we got to do it that way? Why that color? 
Why it is we we building again? We, we expanding. Every time we get out something, here comes something else. Listen, you ought to be glad. Satan always up to something else. Satan's always up to something else. Why we can't be about the about the kingdom? We ought to have something else going for the kingdom. We ought to be glad that God is doing a new thing amidst us. Now I'm not hanging on verse ten. Nor complain. As some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Look at verse 11. Now all these things happened to them. Underline this again. As what? As examples. And they were written for our uh, admonition. You know what admonition is? For our warning. That's right. Our warning. Our warning upon whom the ends of the age have come. Let me ask you a question. When are you going to learn your lesson? How much are you going to have to go through? You, listen, you, you've been through one bad man. You mean tell me you haven't learned your lesson through that bad man to the point that you get another fool? Huh? You made that woman a mess all over you. And you ought to learn 50 lessons from that one woman. And then you get a nothing worse than the one you had. This will make you pregnant and then you get pregnant by this one over here. You don't know where the men are now. When you going to learn your lesson? You, you lost gambling and you still gambling, losing God's money, won't even tithe. When you going to learn your lesson? When you going to learn your lesson? When you going to learn your lesson? And they were written for I am a nation upon whom the ends of the ages have come. I want to say something about this passage. The same God that judged sin in the past will judge today as well as in the future. He's the same God. He said, I'm, I'm the Lord God. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I change not. He's the same God who does not change. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy, yet even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.